traffic sucks, but your podcast don't have to. Welcome into the afternoon drive with five. We are back again for another installment of our Getting to Know You Coaches series. This weekend, we or this week, we welcome in a head coach that is known as a defensive guru. And on Fridays in the fall, you can find him on sidelines in Mount Zion, Georgia, and in the spring, helping out with the Eagles baseball team. So let's bring in Coach Brad Gordon now as he joins us on the Parian Lawyers Hotline. Coach, welcome in and thanks for joining us today. Yes, sir. Glad to have the opportunity to be with you. Coach, I, I think the uh, I think the first question I, I I want you to explain this every time I get to interview you. This is what I want you to talk about because I love hearing about it. Give us a lowdown on the turkey hunting. Where do you go? When do you do it? Who have you hunted with? How many do you think you've bagged over your lifetime? We we want to know everything there is to know about Brad Gordon's vaunted turkey hunting chops. Oh Lord, well, well. Turkey hunting, to be honest with you, was out of necessity back when I started, you know, when I started coaching football, I used to be an avid deer hunter. And uh, unfortunately, with football season and deer and deer season kind of coincide with each other. And so uh, not a whole lot of time to go sit down in the woods, you know, during football season. And so turkey hunting all of a sudden kind of became my thing. That was my that was my escape to the woods, you know, to be able to get out and enjoy nature and, you know, as far as turkey hunting, I, you know, I've turkey hunted in Georgia and South Carolina and, you know, I, I've, I'm to the point I've killed, I've killed so many turkeys. I don't really care if I kill one anymore. I enjoy getting, you know, young hunters and calling in, you know, calling in, you know, their first turkeys. I, I can't tell you how many, how many first turkeys my gun has killed for other people you know uh i just i just enjoy that part of it when he gobbles and i know he's getting closer and you know that tears me up as much as pulling the trigger does anymore you know last year had a good friend of mine he he, his son was a senior there at bremen and you know he uh he, they just got put out of the playoffs the day before, you know, and so I called him that night, you know, ended, ended the season in a rough way. And I called him, and I said, well, let's make him feel good in the morning. Let's go kill him a turkey. And so the next morning we was able to put one in his lap and at least get a smile back on his face. And so that's, that's kind of what it's become to me. I, I enjoy that part of it, you know? And so it's, it's fun. As far as how many I've killed, I don't know, probably between hunting Georgia and South Carolina over the years, I've probably killed 75 or so, you know, but, you know, like I said, I've kind of got to the point now I don't even hardly take a gun. My, you know, my oldest son, he's, he's an avid hunter. And, uh, since he was seven years old, I think last year's the first time, you know, he had, I hadn't called in his limit of turkeys, you know, three a year since he was seven years old last year, he had so much going on. He didn't, he wasn't able to go quite as much, but we've, uh, we've, we've been lucky. We, we, I, you know, something I enjoy. So. So what you're telling me, coach, is like the dog whisperer on TV. You're the turkey whisperer, but you don't train them. You just you capture them and kill them, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was told by an old turkey hunter one time. You know, it's kind of like talking to a woman. Don't ever let her, don't let don't ever let them get the last word. And so, <laughs> you know, every time he gobbles, I call to him. And you know, if he gobbles, I call back. I always try to get the last word. And so, that's pretty good advice for you know from a good old turkey hunter. And so he. You know, they're, they're like that. If you, you don't let them get the last word, they come, you know, they come, they come check it on what's going on. And so I've had a lot of success following those wise words. <laughs> All right, coach. So aside from hunting and football, obviously, which are, are big passions of yours, what other hobbies does Brad Gordon have just in the off season or, 
you know, on a, on a casual Saturday, you know, during football season, what, what hobbies do you like to get into? Well, to be honest with you, it seems like with coaching, you don't have time for hobbies, you know, I, you know, hunting and fishing, they are my hobbies, you know, and then besides that, you know, just trying to, you know, just trying to spend time with the family, you know, our boys, you know, I've, you know, I got one in college now and I've got one that's a junior in high school and, you know, you don't, you don't realize it until they're gone, but, you know, time flies, you know, and so, you know, trying to, you know, just trying to spend time, you know, spend time with the family. We've, we now go on an annual squirrel hunt. We, you know, we got a squirrel dog and our, our whole family goes, the wife, both my sons, you know, we go on an annual hunt every year and it's kind of a joke, but, you know, it's just our way to get to spend time together, you know, and so you kind of have to, you know, when you're coaching two sports and they're football and baseball, it seems like that's the two worst sports you can teach as far as time consuming. And so when you finally get a Saturday, it's, it's nice to just be able to sit down with family and, you know, try to enjoy a little bit. Coach, you say squirrel hunting now. Do y'all eat the squirrels when y'all hunt them? Oh, yeah. My wife, she, uh, <laughs> my wife, she's found a way, you know, squirrels, they ain't but so many ways you can fix a squirrel to make a, to make a, you know, very tasty, just to be honest with you. But she, uh, she has found a jambalaya recipe that she cooks squirrel jambalaya. She cooks them and pulls the meat off the bone and puts them in a jambalaya. And, you know, especially during winter time when the cold weather, you can't, you can't get much better than that. So, you know, she, you know, we're, we're one of those, if you're going to shoot and kill it, we, we, we're going, we're going to do something with it, you know? And so, you know, she, you know, she comes up with different ways to, you know, keep it interesting for us around the house. Anyhow. Brad, I've known you for 18 years, 18 years. I've gone to family reunions where everyone brings a dish. Why is Jenny not ever brought the squirrel jambalaya to that to family reunion? Well, to be honest with you, you know, to be honest with you, that's that's something that you know freaks some people out. You know, when we had, you know, we had a bunch of people over at the house the other night when we when she first first cooked the first batch of jambalaya and uh, and you know. For some of us, it was a hit, and some of us, eh, not so much of a hit. And so, you know, it was, just, it was just something different to try. You know, you can do squirrel dumplings and everything else, but this was just something trying to trying to find a way to, you know, use what we're what we're what we're getting there. So, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if she's going to volunteer to bring that. That's a, that jambalaya was a whole lot of work on her. I'll I'll tell you that. That that's amazing, Coach. I grew up in South Georgia shooting squirrels. We used to shoot squirrels all the time and eat them, and we never found a good way to prepare them. It, it was always stringy and greasy and nasty, and we we never could find a good way to prepare a squirrel. I am super impressed that she threw it in a jambalaya and made it tasty. Yeah, so you know that's the thing. Like you can fry them up. It ain't like rabbits. You know, rabbits you can fry them up and biscuit and gravy, and you're good to go. But squirrel. It just it's hard to find something, and so unless you're doing squirrel dumplings or something like that, it's hard to it's hard to you know make squirrel too good. But she's she's found a way, so she she does a good job keeping us keeping us fed anyhow. <laughs> well, the squirrels around my neighborhood are now in for a treat. Now that I know I have a recipe floating around here for some good squirrels, there's going to be a lot less squirrels in my neighborhood next week. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, Coach, we've we've talked about this, you know, bef- before off the record and and everything. But I, I wanted to know, what is it like coaching your kids in in high school? What's it like coaching them, and has it changed the bond between y'all? You know, uh, you know, uh, it's funny because uh, you know, if you ask if you ask Garrett, 
he'll probably tell you it wasn't too much fun, just to be honest with you. You know, and and I, I you know, you hate the stigma always the coach's kid, you know, but you know, unfortunately, you know, there's some good parts and bad part about being a coach's kid. Now, you know, he got to go to a bunch of college football games, got to stand on the sidelines and got to go on some stuff that, you know, not every kid gets to go on. But then there's also time in the locker room where you have to hear, oh, it's because he's the coach's kid, you know. And so uh, it's funny because being the head coach, like I can't tell you like after the game on Friday nights, I can't really tell you how good he played or how bad he played. You know, I have to go back and watch the film because on Friday nights, I don't get to just watch him. I'm having to watch all 11, you know, and I'm having to, you know, I can't just zero in on him. You know, there's a, there's a few times where, you know, we'd get games kind of in hand and I would be able to just watch him and be a, almost be a fan there for a few minutes, you know, but for the most part, you know, he'd ask me how he played on Friday nights. I couldn't tell him until I watched the film, you know, and I'd sit down and grade him. And, you know, the, I guess the one thing I did enjoy was when on Saturday mornings, me and him would get up and watch the film together. You know, and it was like I was watching it for the first time, you know, with him, even though I was there at the game because I wasn't watching him. But he was he 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 was so smart. Like I, I love the fact that he was he was so smart when it came to football. He you know, I remember as a freshman in the region championship game, you know, we worked all week on blocking a three technique. Well, when we showed up on Friday night, they were in a four eye. And Coach Thor told me, he said, you know, he said, normally you have to like coach to explain the different step and the way to block that four eye versus the three. And, you know, well, Garrett just did it because he had watched so much film and been around it all of his life. He understood instead of taking the flat, you know, flat step, he had to take more of a 45. I mean, he just, those, there was things that he knew. And so, you know, it was fun as a coach being able to watch him do things like I took for granted some things because he was just good at it, you know? And so I enjoyed watching him play when I got to watch him play, you know? And so I, I wouldn't take nothing in the world for being able to, you know, be on the field with him, you know, and then on the baseball field, you know, two years ago, I coached, I, I had to help with baseball because we were shorthanded and, you know, I got to be out there with, you know, both my kids. And then, you know, this year, you know, getting to be on the baseball field with Jake, you know, and he's a good little baseball player. You know, he was, he was our gold glove last year. I think he went 21 games in a row without a single error, you know, at second base. And so that's, that's impressive and that's fun to watch and and you know just getting to be a part of it you know i would i'll be honest with you when it comes to baseball i'd love to be a fan and be sitting outside the fence and just you know getting to watch and be a being a dad but there is something special about getting to be on the bench and being the first one to be able to high five them when they're coming off the field after making a play you know and so there's there's something special about getting to coach your kids. I don't know I don't know if they'd tell you they enjoy it as much as I do, but but I, I I hope they do. I hope one of these days they look back on it and realize, you know, that was a special opportunity for us to be be able to stand on the field together. You know. Well, yeah, and that's something that Bryce and I have have disagreed uh, disagreed with greatly. Like you you talk about the fact that when you're coaching on Fridays. You're not able to, to watch Garrett, you know, just do his thing because you've got to watch everybody. When, but with baseball, that's that's the one thing that I love about baseball. It's it's much it's still a team sport, but it's much more individual. So you could you could watch your kids just completely rake and know exactly what he did when it happened, and and not not be lost in the moment. 
Oh yeah, you know that, and that's the thing. You know, with baseball, baseball was a lot different. You know, even going through the travel ball days and coaching, and you know, helping. You know, as they were coming up, you know, to the you know the high school, you know. <laughs> There was days where Garrett didn't want to ride home with me after the game because, <laughs> you know, I, I you know, I, I was, I, you know, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that dad part of it, but I was still that coach part first, you know. And even when I was sitting outside the fence, there was days where, you know, he didn't want to ride home with me because he knew, you know, what was coming. And, and you know, and I, you know, I love my kids, and you know, I, I love watching them play ball and do what they do, and they've been, you know, been super successful and. You know, I wouldn't take nothing in the world for it, but there's still that coach part in you that even though you're a daddy, you're still a coach, you know. And so, uh, you know, there was there was some there was some tense rides home, ride homes, uh, you know, after a few games, you know, every now and then. But, you know, uh, you you find out when you're a daddy and when you're a coach, these kids are a lot harder on themselves than you ever are. You know, Garrett Gordon would beat himself up like just completely miserable. And I thought, my goodness, you know, I don't have to say nothing to him because he's already, you know, he knows how he played, you know. And then all of a sudden here comes Jake and two complete different personalities. And Jake may be worse than him sometimes. Like, you know, (laughs) there's days where he don't even want to talk to you after the game, you know. And so they know, uh, you know, and and so it, it is it is different. But I would I would I wouldn't take anything in the world for the opportunity to be with them. Coach, the thing I, I like most about baseball is I can take an hour and a half nap uh, and not miss any action whatsoever um, because it is so uh, slow. That's uh, that's that's my favorite yeah. thing about baseball. Coach, <laughs> do you see what I have to deal with yeah. on an everyday basis? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's so funny because, you know, the, all the little aspects of coaching and baseball, I love you know, from stealing signs to first and thirds to bunt coverages. And, you know, I was, you know, I was a varsity baseball coach for several years and, you know, I was a head coach and I, I love that part of the game. And I guess that goes back to why I love the X's and O's of football so much, because I want to beat you, but I want to beat you by doing, you know, doing what I, you know, trying to, trying to get away, you know, Coach Wright, you know, our, our head baseball coach, he does a great job, you know, calling pitches and setting things up, you know, and like he can tell you, here comes a rollover to shortstop and all of a sudden there's a rollover, you know. And so, you know, people think, people people say that a lot about baseball, it's such a slow game and, and it is if you're not into those little anchors, you know, those intricacies, you know, things that are going on that you, you know, as a, as a fan, you're there to watch the game, you know. But as a coach, there's just so much involved that, you know, it takes two or three of us, you know, to between calling pitches and lining up defenses, you know, every single pitch, every single batter. And so, you know, I, I, I love that part of it. I guess that's like, like I said, I guess that's why I like football so much. The X's nose. I'm going to try to out defend you out, out position you, you know, and do what I do what I have to do to try to win the ball game. And coach baseball season's right around the corner for y'all. Do you have the metal trash cans to bang on ready out there in Mount Zion and the cameras and center field, everything set up for baseball season this year? Well, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're, uh, I think we play our first game February the 8th. And so it'll be here before you know it. I mean, right now, unfortunately with all this weather, good gracious, I don't know when we're ever going to be able to get on the baseball field again, you know, with all this rain that seems like we're having we literally we're, going on the we're going thank goodness for the turf football field we're going on we're going on football field and throwing out bases and at least trying to simulate you know some situations and stuff it's i'm telling you it's it's uh it'll be here before you know it we're we're wishing we had a little more time the way this weather's got we started a petition last year 
uh, with a couple of the coach, a couple of baseball coaches around Carroll County. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to get Carroll County to build a domed stadium for everybody to share. I don't think it's gonna be hard. You know, it, you know, fifteen twenty million, throw it out there, and everybody sh- <laughs> shares a domed baseball stadium. I think it's a great investment. Oh yeah, uh, I, I'd be game for it. A nice dry place to play, nice dry place to play and practice. Sure, yeah. you, hey, we you can know, have a minor league team out here, maybe even then or something like that. That's it. So, you know, everybody right now is going up to Cartersville, you know, and using those, you know, turf fields up there and paying $250 for a two-hour practice. And I think what they'd pay for a dome, we might pay for that thing in a few years. That's right. Coach, <laughs> Coach I'm full of great ideas. I'm full of great ideas. Yeah, none, none, of them are, none of them are realistic, but they're great ideas. They're, they're great in my head. <laughs> Coach, That's right. Coach, when did, when did you meet Jenny, and did you know right when you met her that this was going to be the woman that you wanted to marry? Uh, well, you know, me, me and her older brother, uh, we grew up best friends, you know, me and, me and Mark, we were best friends from like fourth grade on. And it's funny because we'd go over and play football in the yard and Jenny was the all time quarterback. She was a heck of a little athlete, you know, uh, back in, back in her day. And so, you know, she played three sports and, you know, played softball, basketball, ran track. And, you know, she was always, you know, involved in sports and it's, it's kind of funny that, you know, Right before our right before my senior year in high school, we ended up going on a double date with Mark and one of one of my uh, friends, and it, it was a double date basically to set him and one of my friends up. And next thing you know, we're the ones talking and dating. So you know, but uh, yeah, you know, her and her and athletics, her and her athletics, and how much you know she loves the same thing I love, and. You know, and I, you know, I'm not going to lie and tell you I've been the best husband in the world by any means, but you know, you don't talk about a wife that does everything, you know, as far as supporting athletics and, you know, I've been coaching 26 years, you know, varsity football for 26 years and you can count on one hand, the number of games she's missed. And two of those was because I wouldn't let her come because we had children born during football season. You know, <laughs> uh, I, I, my, my first son tell you the story. And this is, this is kind of crazy. You know, we went to the doctor on Wednesday and Garrett, before he was born, we went to the doctor on Wednesday and he was supposed to, you know, he was, his due date had come to pass. And back then they wouldn't let you go over the due date, you know? And so they said, they said, well, if, uh, if he's not here on Friday, she said, well, you're going to come in Friday morning and we're going to, you know, start the labor process. And my wife looked at that doctor and said, we're not having a baby on Friday. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Lord. And, and, she, and he looked at me and she she said, he's a football coach. We're not having a baby on Friday. He's a defensive coordinator. He can't miss Friday. Like, you know, like matter of factly, like this ain't happening. I don't know what you're thinking, but it ain't happening on Friday. And so luckily that night, you know, she went into labor and we ended up having him on Thursday. He was born around 1130 or so on Thursday. And about one o'clock, my wife looked at me and she said, you better hurry up and get to practice if you're going to make it today. <laughs> You know, and I was like, honey, I, I think they can handle this walk, this thirsty walk through without me, you know, but, you know, I, I brought her home from, I brought her home from the hospital Saturday on Friday morning, you know, her and Garrett and, you know, she had family and all there with us, you know, we were in South Carolina at the time and all of them had come out, you know, with Garrett being born and, and she's talking about going to the game that night. I'm like, honey, we got this one. Like it was a region football game, but. We got, we got this one, you know, it was, you know, and, and it was, you know, we, we had a pretty good football team and I felt like, you know, 
we, we got this one. We, we, we had this one under control. And so you could stay at home this week, you know, but you know, the first game Garrett ever saw, I think it was the second round of the state playoffs. He was supposed to be at home with family. And when, back then when I'd always come to the sidelines and I would find her, she had a special spot in the stands and she'd always come to the sidelines and I'd kind of acknowledge the fact that she was there. And I looked up to acknowledge the fact that she was there and there sat a car seat right beside her. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, it's freezing cold. And, you know, but that, I mean, that's that when I say I've got a coach's wife, I've got a coach's wife. Like I was, you, you name it from working on the fields to, you know, before we had kids, she helped me break down film on Saturdays. You know, she knew the more she knew the, she knew the quicker I got done breaking down film on Saturdays, the more we'd be able to go out and do stuff when we were living out in Charleston. And so, she she would help me break down film, you know, and so, but I think I taught her too much because then she started questioning some of the things I was doing, so I had to like, <laughs> all right, <wait> a <laughs> so, but she's she's the coach's wife. She's there, booster club, you know, we're having a booster club activity. She's here. She needs to work concession stands. She needs to do whatever. Sell t-shirts this year. She made, I think, you know, her and her and Taylor Green made about a thousand snow cones this year. You know, selling, trying to raise, raise money for the booster club. Like she's a she's a team player. Like I said, she's she's a coach's wife. They no doubt. Coach, you mentioned you you played football as as a kid, and and obviously you have a big passion for baseball. But what other sports did you play growing up? And did you ever have dreams when you were younger of 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 playing those sports professionally? You know, you know, I I grew up as a baseball player and never played football. Uh, my dad was. A- football player he played on the first yeah he my dad played on the first football team at central high school and you know i i was a baseball player i mean i was lucky my dad you know i wanted to be a baseball player and you know how many kids back in the 80s had a batting cage in their yard like i had floodlights on i had a batting cage had a pitching machine the wind up arm you know like you know i was blessed you know my my parents you know my mom she wanted to be a basketball player in high school and you know the basketball coach came to my came to my grandparents' house and said, you know, Mr. Cook, we'd love for him, you know, for Sandra to play basketball. And, you know, my grandfather looked at the coach. He said, I don't know you, and turned around and walked in the house, and that was the end of basketball. <laughs> so my parents, if we wanted to play sports, they made sure we had an opportunity to play sports. And if we wanted to be good at it, they were going to give us every opportunity. So, I mean, I had a batting cage at my house, you know, when I was – <laughs> growing up Golly. So I, I was a baseball player yeah that's all i ever dreamed of was being a baseball player you know i mean my parents were awesome they were like i said but the my first day in eighth grade back back then central you know the eighth grade was at the high school before they you know put it back put them back in the middle school so my first day of eighth grade i walk in and coach ronnie birchfield is my pe teacher he said son do you play football and i said no sir he said you do now he said you need to call your dad and tell him you're staying for baseball practice <laughs> and you know and i didn't and you know and coach birchfield like i didn't question him i called my dad and said hey i'm playing football my dad was most excited you know person around because you know he was a football player you know and so i didn't play i i did i never played to the eighth grade now my eighth grade year whew, I, it was some learning learning experiences you know because i'd never played football and i was the tackling dummy and you know i'm for, i'm pretty sure there's probably some coaches thinking what in the world why'd we talk him into coming out here you know <laughs> but you know through them and you know getting in the weight room and I, I loved working out like you know i had 
you know, and I had some, I had some older friends, you know, the older players, they'd come by and pick us up, you know, pick me up at six o'clock in the morning and we'd go work out, you know, before school. Then we'd go across the street over there to Kroger. They used to have a little breakfast area and we'd go over there and eat breakfast and come back to school. Like, well, just, we loved it, you know, and all of a sudden football became my passion, you know? And so baseball kind of took the back seat and, you know, time I finished the ninth grade, that was the last year I played baseball. I was from then on, I was, I was sold on football, you know? <laughs> and so that was, that was all I could eat, sleep and drink. You know, I, I wanted to play football and, you know, stay in the weight room. And, you know, my, my senior year, you know, I was one of the strongest kids in school. I benched like 415 pounds and, you know, like that was my, that was my passion. And, and, you know, who knew, who knew I would get to, <laughs> who knew one day I would be a, you know, a football coach and get to, you know, do what I love every day, you know? And so just, you know, it, you know, coach Birchfield changed my life, you know? And so I, I told coach Birchfield many a times, you know, a lot of people, when they have a bad day, they don't have nobody to blame. I, I told coach Birchfield, I said, I've always got you I said, because <laughs> if, if you hadn't been as good as me as what you was, I would have never chose this line of business, you know? And so, you know, but I was blessed. Like I had coach Birchfield as my head football coach. I had, you know, coach Bill Bailey, you know, he was head coach at Central at Mount Zion. I had coach Tolleson, you know, look what he did at Villarica and, and Bremen. I had coach, you know, Charlie Simpkins, who went on to be the head coach at Harrelson County. He was our, you know, he was our defense coordinator. Like that, those, that group of men, you know, made me, made me want to be better and made me want to, you know, want to do those things, you know, and, 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 you know, and I've often said, if I could touch half the lives that they've touched, then I would consider myself, you know, a very successful football coach or coach in general. Coach, you talked about those role models you had back in high school, you know, going from, from baseball to football and all those, all those men, all those coaches and everybody influencing your life so heavily back then. When did, when did coaching kind of come into your mind? Was it during that period? Was it after? When did you first start having thoughts that you wanted to be a, a head coach? You know, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. I didn't, I, I wanted to play college football and, you know, I never, I was, you know, heck I was 5'10", you know, 230 pounds when I graduated Central High School. There ain't too many offensive linemen. You know, I was a tweener, I, you know, and, you know, and so that, you know, the end of, the end of the error comes for us, you know, at different times, you know, some people don't play in high school. Some people don't get to play in college, you know, some people get to go to the next level, you know, but, but when that, when that ended for me, you know, my only way to, to be able to stay around it was through coaching and teaching, you know, and so that's that, that I guess my senior years when I started thinking, well, you know, maybe I could do this. Maybe this would be something, you know, and, you know, I, you know, coach Bill Bailey, you know, I love him to death. I, when I first started coaching, you know, coach Bailey said, do the little things, you know, he said, don't have to be told to do, you know, like, he, he said, for example, if you walk in the coach's office, the trash can needs to be emptied out, empty the trash can. Don't wait to be told, you know, take initiative, you know, and, and, you know, and that's what I've tried to do. And I, and I try not to ever give my coaches something to do that I'm not willing to do. You know, that's why, you know, for years I was the grass cutter, you know, which now I enjoyed, you know, getting that little bit of quiet time out there on that lawnmower. I know that sounds crazy, but, you <laughs> know, but it was, you know, I, yeah, you know, as you finally you get a lot of thinking done riding that lawnmower, cutting those fields, you know. But you know, everywhere I've been, 
you know, central to Mount Zion and, you know, throughout the years, I've been the guy that cuts the grass, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I'm not going to ask you to do something I'm not willing to do, you know? And so, but I, I just, I, I've loved being around it, love being a part of it, you know? And, you know, I think, I think some of the ones coming into the profession nowadays, they kind of miss that the grassroots of it. Like they want to jump right in and be coordinators and kind of, you know, and, and, and I'm lucky to have a, have a bunch of coaches that, you know, I've got, I've got coaches, I've got young coaches that could go be coordinators right now. I've got coaches that could go be head coaches right now, but they enjoy being a part of, you know, our Mount Zion Eagle football staff. So I'm lucky. I've got those guys. I've got a, I've got a coaching staff full of young men, you know, men that could, you know, they could, there's no doubt they would be successful and move on if they wanted to, but they're, they're happy being a Mount Zion Eagle. And so I'm, I'm blessed to be surrounded by those people right now. Well, coach, I think a big part of that is, uh, is the person in charge out there at Mount Zion. I, I'd probably be happy too. If I was, if I was out there coaching and, uh, and, and I got to come in and talk to you and learn from you every single day. Well, I, I, I appreciate that, but you know, you're only as good as the people around you. And I, like I said, I've, I've been lucky as far as the staff I've got, you know, I, what was it two years ago you know i had that spider bite that almost killed me and put me in the hospital for five days and i've never been a place where if if that would have happened anywhere else like 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 i said my wife <laughs> wouldn't even let us let even think about the baby being born on friday because i'd have had to miss you know and and i went through that time period of not being able to be there for five days when i was in the hospital and you know i couldn't even hardly sit up and but i didn't have to worry about what was going on at Mount Zion because I knew it was getting taken care of, you know, and that's, that's a great, great testament to, to my coaching staff and, you know, the people that, you know, they, they, they are selfless and they, they do everything that's asked of them. And I, you know, like I said, I'm just lucky to be a part of them. Bryce, you, you should know better by now. Like you, you don't make the coaches uncomfortable by complimenting them. No, uh, no I, I do that on purpose. Uh, uh, the coaches around our area never compliment themselves. And I get to sit here and watch them on Friday nights and I'm going to compliment them. Every time I get a chance, I'm going to compliment uh, the head coaches we get to talk to because they don't do a good job of complimenting themselves. I'm going to compliment them. <laughs> well, we, we appreciate that, but you know, you know, I don't, I don't, I was, I was taught at a young age when I first become a coordinator, I won't ever forget coach Mike Ledford, you know, he, me and him were talking one day and I said, you know, I said, my, and when I said my, he said, be careful using that word. And I was like, what? And he said, he said, it's not your, he said, it's our, you that, know, that's a and good life lesson right that. there. It's, yeah. He, you know, cause at the time I was talking about my, my defense or my linebacker, you know, and he said, they're ours, you know? And, and so I've tried to, you know, everywhere I, everywhere I go and I've been a part of, I, I've realized it's a team effort, you know? And so, uh, you know, I'm just lucky to be a part of the, be a part of this thing. Coach, speaking of uh, Friday nights, we're going to get a little bit back to football a little bit here. What is your favorite post game meal? <laughs> well, well, he's, the big you, I don't he's telling me it's squirrels yeah, because that know, would make I, it even better. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't eat pregame meals because I'm usually about sick, sick to my stomach by the time pregame meals get here on Fridays. Because for me, from Friday after school to kickoff, that's about the worst time of the day because you know the hay's in the barn. You've done all you can, and and so I don't ever eat my pregame meal. I've always and after you know I always bring my meal down and eat afterwards. But uh, 
I'm going to tell you, it'd be hard It'd be hard to go against Mama June and that fried chicken that we used to have at Central High School. You know, yes. Mama June, she's a, she's a legend, you know. And yes. so, uh, I remember when Coach Tolleson was at Bremen, and uh, I was I was coaching at Central, and Coach Tolleson had left and, and taken the head coaching job up at Bremen. And I went through the line that day, and she said, hey, I've got something for you. And I was like, okay, Miss June, what, what you got? And so I went back there, and, and Mama June gave me a box of fried chicken. She said, take this to Coach Tolleson for me. If you will, you know, <laughs> Mama June's Mama June's pregame meal is legendary. You know, and uh, you know the people she's, you know, the people that she's blessed to be a part of, and you know their lives. I mean, she's she's something special. You know, no wonder you know the roadway there in front of Central High School is named after her. For I ain't no telling how many kids she's fed and how many coaches you know that she's fed throughout the years. Ain't wrong. So, Coach, you're sitting down. It's a Sunday afternoon. You ain't got nothing going on. Pouring down rain. Can't go out. Can't go hunt. Can't go do nothing. You want to watch a movie. What's your favorite movie? What are you putting on to pass a couple hours? <laughs> well, you know, I'm a I'm a John Wayne, you know, guy. You know, so if it's not John Wayne, it's going to be a western of some sort. You know, you know, I'm a you know, I'm a, I, lo- I love John Wayne, McClintock, Big Jake. That's how, you know, that's how my youngest son got his name. My wife wouldn't let me call him JW for John Wayne. So I named him, I, I named him, you know, Jake after, you know, Jacob the Candles, yeah. you know, and John Wayne. And so, but definitely, definitely a John Wayne or a, or a Clint Eastwood outlaw Josie Wells or something like that. So that's, that's going to be what I'm watching. <laughs> well, Bryce and, Bryce and I have discussed this before, but coach, you, you are my wife's first cousin and I've been in the family quote unquote for almost 19 years at this point, And I'm still learning this, like the extent of this family. What is it like growing up in, in such a gigantic family with, with one matriarch that was a, a stellar woman? Yeah. We, you know, we were, we were blessed, you know, my mom, had 13 brothers and sisters, you know, and so my dad, every time we went to a cook family reunion, you know, he always joked that they were still brothers and sisters he hadn't met yet. So, you know, I think it, I think, you know, and this has been years ago, but at one time there was 57 grandchildren and like 32 great grandchildren. And, and, you know, and so it was neat to, you know, to have the, you know, have the family get togethers out at, you know, Mall Cook's house. And, you know, of course that small two bedroom, you know, our three bedroom house, you know, it was hard to, hard to get us all in there, but everybody piled in there. And, you know, I remember, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, just having cousins everywhere and people that I looked up to and, you know, the, the older cousins, you know, you always have those that, you know, they're always special to you and you kind of look up to them and, you know, just happen, you know, some of them were football players and, you know, different things too, you know, so, but, you know, as far as, you know, my grandmother, she, uh, <laughs> she was a special woman. I'll, I'll tell you this real quick. And I know this is kind of off the point, but me and my wife dated for seven years before we got married. And she called me one night and said, you know, Brad, I want you to come out. I need to talk to you. And I thought, Lord, what have I done? You know, for mom cook, call me. I want to have to have a sit down with me, you know? And so I went out there and, you know, she's like, I need to talk to you in here in the kitchen. And I was like, okay. And so we went in and sat down at the table and I'm like, Lord, I must've messed up. What have I done? And, And she said, and so she started talking to me and she said, I know, you know, you're, you know, you're in school and you're doing this and that. And she said, but obviously you can't afford to buy this girl a ring. And so she opened up, she opened up a box there on, on the table 
and I had her wedding ring in it. And she said, if you need it, you can have it. Cause obviously you can't afford a ring for this young lady, you know? <laughs> so, so my, you know, so my grandmother, you know, like she, you know, she was, she was special, you know, she was, she was something else. So she uh, definitely kept us going to say the least, but you know, it was funny because me and my wife, like I said, we dated for seven years, but you know how hard it is when somebody's in school. And so we kind of agreed that we're not doing nothing until, you know, both of us were, you know, out of college, graduated and, you know, have our careers ahead of us. And we, we didn't quite make it. Jenny still had a little bit of schooling to go, but we waited, we waited seven years. So we waited about as long as we could, I guess you'd say, but yeah, grandma was, grandma was willing to help do whatever. And so, you know, that's, that's what I grew up with. You know, it was special to be able to go pick her up and take her to church, you know, and just for her to ride with you. I thought I was something special when I turned 16 years old and could go pick her up and take her to church on Sundays. Like that was, I thought, I, I thought I'd done something, you know? And so, you know, she was, she was definitely, she was definitely a special, a special lady, you know, to a lot of people. And like I said, you know, just blessed to be a part of that big family. Oh yeah. And, and just the little, the couple of years that I got to know her, she was, she was absolutely phenomenal. She was great with me and she was, she knew that I, I loved my wife. I'm so it's, it's, uh, it's, I, I miss her because she was she was fantastic, and I know that you, you had a lot more years with her. So that that story, that story about the ring does not surprise me in the least. Knowing knowing her, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was definitely special. That's for sure. Coach, we're in the first month of the uh, of 2023. Do you have any personal goals or professional goals you've set for yourself in 2023? Not necessarily New Year's resolutions, but just anything that you kind of want to achieve this year. Well, you know, to be honest with you, the last few years uh, with, well, I'm going to say since COVID, but since COVID happened, I I have become an administrator instead of a coach. And I miss coaching. I, I really do. I miss, I miss being a part of it, you know, and I'm at practice every day. Don't get me wrong, but there's something different when you're coaching a position or you're coaching a group of men and, and, and like, you, you know, you become, you just, you know, as the head coach, I've become the bad guy. I don't deal with you unless it's something bad happens. You know what I'm saying? I don't get to build that relationship with you as, you know, in a coaching position and, you know, and so this year we are going to have some staff changes and I don't want to say exactly what all's going on, but, but this year I'm going to take a bigger role and uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm excited to get back to being a part of the coaching staff other than, you know, kind of the do boy almost, you know, uh, like I said, I've got a great bunch of coaches and I've been able to kind of take my hands off the steering wheel and let them go. But, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to actually being a part of it again. I, you know, the whole reason I got into this business was, you know, getting to coach, the, you know, getting to coach these young men. And the last few years I, I've kind of, I've kind of taken a step back more of an ad, ad, administrative role, I guess you would say. And so, you know, my goal my goal is to get back out there and get back out there with those kids. You know, I've been able to get, you know, get with them in the weight room. We're already doing some stuff, you know, even when we finish up in the weight room, we're doing, you know, I told them, I said, give me five, 10 minutes, you know, a couple of days a week of just footwork. And, and so I'm, I'm getting to coach again. I, I'm, I'm excited about that. I know that sounds crazy for a head coach to say that, but you know, I, I talked to coach Tim Barron one time. He told me, he said, don't, don't ever give up coaching. He said, because when you give it, he said, he said on Friday nights, he said, sometimes I, I wondered what I was even doing, you know, and I know exactly how he feels now. You know, I, 
I, I guess with COVID and everything else, I had to kind of take a step back and be more an administrator. But now that COVID and all that's over with, I'm I'm looking forward to being able to coach again. We're you know we're losing losing you know a member of our staff, and we're going to kind of fill it from within. And so I'm going to take more of a I'm taking back more of a role on the defensive side of the ball. And I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm excited to get to coach again. That's <laughs> awesome, Coach. I know that sounds crazy. No, no. I'm, yeah. I'm, and if you ever need any help out there, Coach, I I, I want a five and six uh, national championship. Uh, five and six you uh and uh, multiple multiple national championships on ncaa video game uh franchises so if you if you ever need yeah. any advice out there i got you coach <laughs> i got you I, I'll, I'll keep that in mind <laughs> <laughs> you got any parting words for us coach uh, I, I you know just i appreciate you know appreciate all y'all do and appreciate you you know getting our kids you know all the exposure you can and you know uh, you know, as as crazy and as hectic as the football season is, there's never a time I don't look forward to coming out, you know, meeting with you guys on Wednesday night. And so I just I, I appreciate the opportunity that, you know, y'all give all of us just to just to help, you know, get the kids names out there. You know, so, well, you know, I want to thank y'all for what y'all do. Oh, we love we love every single second of everything we do with uh, all the high schools around here. Yeah, it's 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 fun for us. I love it. It's I, I love it. Yeah. But that has been the Brad Gordon Get to Know You segment on TM5's new series. We will see y'all next week with a new coach. Same time, same place.